tell me about it at least. No, because you you'll use it for the opening because you're a rat. No, I won't. <laughs> Okay, good morning, Underdogs fans. It's Friday, September 18th. The year is 2020. You, you're, you're listening to Underdogs, I promise. My name is Jacob Eamon. Here with me this morning, this beautiful Friday morning, is David Patrick Fleming. How are, how are you feeling this morning, David? I am feeling... I mean, do you want me to be honest or do you want me to keep the energy up? No, I want, I want honesty. I'm tired. You're tired? Yeah, I'm tired. I am uh, had a work last night, so it's one of those nights where you got to try to cram the game in, and then you're watching these games, and it's, wow. Just, it's tough to, it's tough to keep the energy up. It's tough to keep that excitement from the adrenaline of a good game, so I'm on fumes right now. I had a rotten banana for breakfast. Uh, I've had two coffees, um, but we're going to do this. We're gonna dig in for our last episode of the week. What what keeps you going, David? You know, on these nights when you have to go to work, you have to come home. You're trying to write a game diary. You got to get up early. You got to do this show. What? What? what <laughs> your hair right now is amazing. <laughs> Sorry. What 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 is keeping you going? Is it is it the numbers? Is it seeing those sweet sweet podcast numbers? Is it knowing out there that somewhere in Germany and Singapore and England people are loving underdogs? It it isn't that necessarily. It's more just we've decided to do this, and it's just the commitment to doing it. And I don't want to. I don't want to be the one who gives up. I want you to be the one who gives up. I want. It's sort of like we're in this uh, endurance race, and I need you to tap out first so that it's not on me. That That's really what it is. David, it's the stretch run. We're going to the playoffs. You think I'm going to tap out? That's that's what's terrifying. That's what's really terrifying is that I know you're not going to tap out. And so it's just head down and running forward. But, you know, it's like the part of the run where you have no food energy left and you're just going on sheer will alone. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, we're going to die on the track. One of us is going to die on the track. And so then maybe one of us will just, if I died, okay, let me ask you this. So uh, on the weekend, I just cack out mm-hmm. and I die and my body is just kind of log rolled into a ditch, bit of dirt over me, maybe a brief ceremony or something like that. Do you, on Monday morning, do you just go on with underdogs by yourself? Am I? It, it sounds like I'm the one that killed no, you no, no, based no, no, on no. The, the, the description of how, where your body's been placed. Someone's rolling it into a ditch. Why? Because that's something that you would do. That sounds familiar to you. Like, that's how I'd kill someone. No, you don't kill me. I just cack out. I die. I just die from like, I don't know. My body's just like, we're good. We've seen enough of what living like okay, this is like. Someone's murdered you. People don't no, no, put I just, bodies in ditches. No, I just die, right? And I okay, cack so you're out. At the hospital. No, no, no. You're at, I you're... die in my apartment. And then say like my landlord comes in and they're like, oh, he's dead. Well, what are we going to do? We have to rent this apartment out. So they're like, well, he's not my responsibility. I don't want to pay for a burial. I don't know who his parents are. I don't know any numbers for his family. I'm just going to weaken at Bernie's him down the stairs and then chuck him in my trunk and then drive to a highway, roll him in a ditch. 
and drive off. So no one's killed me. I've killed myself to some degree. But the but- I've got a whole new podcast based on the premise <laughs> of what you're describing right now. Monday morning, it's like what happened to David? What happened to David? What happened to David? Episode one. Uh, I might come up with a better title than "What Happened to David," <laughs> but like I'm investigating your your landlord i'm investigating those kids i've got a lot of like pictures and like a whole there's a whole episode about the buns on your propane tank of your of your barbecue that appear and disappear and sometimes are eaten or sometimes are not i assuming they have something to do with your death um i'm talking to a coroner it's this is I don't. I don't. I think this might be a. This might be helpful. So the, the the quick answer is yes. You continue Monday and you try to use it as a launching pad for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Why are you eating bananas? Like uh, bad bananas? Like, do you need groceries again? You need me to take you to the grocery store? It wasn't a horrendous banana, but I started putting. Okay, so long story short, I've been dealing with these like little, like little baby cockroaches. So we're getting them exterminated. But normally, I would keep my bananas on the sideboard, but not when there's cockroaches around. So I've been putting them in the fridge, and so the fridge seems to really brown the skin. Um. And I also forget that I have bananas because they're in the fridge, which is not a normal place for these bananas to be. So I peeled off the skin today and it was, you know, to say the least, riddled with brown spots. But I thought to myself, it's fine. And I just want a little bit of sugar. I want a little bit of potassium. I need a little bit of something in my stomach to, to really <laughs> bring me energy as we talk about my demise. And uh, so I ate it. I'm not not saying it was a great choice to eat it. I don't think it'll affect me health-wise, but, you know, jury's out. Are you separating the bananas? No. They're bad guys. You can't they if they hang out together, they get into trouble, they start deteriorating. You got to put them put them in different places so that they can't fuck each other up. All they have is you know each about other. That? All they have is each other. And you want me to rip them apart and spread them out through the fridge and all night long they'll be like, "Gary, Gary, where yes. are you? I'm, yes. I'm by the I'm by the rotten blackberries. I'm by the rotten blackberries. Polly, Polly, where are you? I'm by the moldy cucumber. <laughs> I'm by the moldy cucumber. Everything will be okay. Just stay strong through the night. Consider the microwave too, man. Maybe they don't have to go in the I don't fridge. have a microwave. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. Are you are you like fundamentally against microwaves? No, I had a microwave, but I left it at the last place that I lived and I haven't gotten a new one and I don't really miss it. I don't really care. Well, that sounds interesting. Let's save it for next episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. He I, doesn't have a microwave. I really want to jump on that and have a long, detailed conversation about it, but let's let's move on quickly. Yes. I, oh, look, I, I'm writing that down. I won't forget about it. We will come back to that juicy, juicy microwave story. <laughs> But I gotta, I you know, uh, I've I've been been, you know, pounding you on your your mental state, your your tiredness, your food intake. But I I need to know what it's all culminated in. Last night, today, this morning, you you took an account. You wrote down in a diary, in a journal of sorts, what it was like for you to watch or not watch, or however you encountered this this Blue Jays game. So I want to hear about it. I tried a different perspective, okay, because 
I just I needed because I rhymed. You needed to you needed to do something different. That's that's not necessarily why. I mean, I think it's nice that we're just trying shit and throwing paint at the wall. But I just tried a different perspective for my own sanity. Really, that's really what it came down to. I see. When I listened back to the game diary yesterday of my rhyming, you know, it 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 was not as good as it felt in the moment, which didn't feel great. <laughs> <laughs> The, the musical additions that I did on it, it was tough. Just like I said, it might be, you know, when I added the music to something that already has a bit more musicality, the rhythm was changing all over the place. It was difficult, everybody, okay? I'm sorry if you didn't like it. That's fine, Jacob. We're all just working every day to try to build numbers, and then you want to do something like that, and we see the numbers plummet right off a cliff. And uh, no, no, it's fine, though. Keep uh, Keep trying. Yeah, okay. Well, let's see what you got. Let's see if we can we can build those numbers back up. Uh, let's hear it. I don't want to. You have to, David. We've decided that this is what we do. It's our brand. We can't stop even if we want to. Okay. This is the game diary. <laughs> hey, everybody, it is time for a fresh start, a letting go of the previous two games. Clear mind, clear heart. Through positivity, we can change the course of our lives, and I vow to not say one negative thing about the Blue Jays or the Yankees in tonight's game diary. In April, I would have given anything for sports to be on, and now they are, and that's a miracle. I choose to be happy for the chance to see the game I love. No judgments on appearance or body mass index or assumptions on lifestyle choices. We've got Julian Merriweather who will open and then he'll hand it off to Chase Anderson against Masahiro Tanaka on the Yankees. <laughs> that's excellent. That, that seems fair and has a chance for a real pitching duel for the ages perhaps. I view the last few Jays games as tough luck losses. Just a bit of ooh, that was close. We'll get them next time. Well, let's find out, shall we? First up, we've got Kevin Biggio and oh, whoops, strike three looking. Hey, you know what? You don't like the pitch. You don't swing at it. I get it. I respect it. Bo, here we go. Ha! <laughs> Strike three again. Well, it was a fun at bat though, full of potential. Anyway, three up, three down. Let's move along quickly. I like that. Julian Merriweather walks DJ LeMayhew to start the bottom of the first. That's an interesting choice. You know, I trust that. Next up, Luke Voigt. He rips a double to the fence, and it's it's exciting. Hits are exciting. He walks Aaron Hicks. Okay, okay. Bases loaded, no outs. Tricky start for sure. Let's see. Stanton rips a single, and it's one nothing. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun series. I will say that it's quite. Fun. Still no one out. Torres is at the plate. Hey, double play and a run scores. But you know what? Two outs for one run. I'll take that. Two zip Yankees. Let's move this along a little quicker. Teoscar is back. Our MVP. He strikes out. No problem. Life is hard. Vladdy's out. Can't win them all. Shaw gone. Okay. You know, to overcome life's challenges, it's a tricky road. So let's stay the course. Chase Anderson's in in the second and he gets through unscathed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's sure to continue. In the third, well, oh my lord, is Guriel blasted dinger that man is on fire i love that it's 2-1 jansen single and a bgo double Bichette drives in jansen it's all tied up at two and this is the team 
Yes, Bichette gets thrown out at second, perhaps an ill-advised play, but nonetheless, to the fourth, Clint Frazier walks and Gary Sanchez smokes a double. The run scores, it's 3-2, and then Brett Gardner crushes a two-run home run. Well, you know, that, that that's a rare occurrence. I'm almost privileged to see that. It's 5-2. Up next, it's LeMahieu, and it's gone. Wow, he just, he just keeps hitting those, and we just keep throwing pitches to allow him to do that. And you know what? That's a great marriage, really. And before I can even breathe, Luke Voigt goes yard. <laughs> okay, it's 7-2. Uh, on three home runs, on three consecutive pitches, you do not see that very often, but it sets up a perfect amount for a comeback no another home run wow stanton crushes the fourth home run of the inning and this is actually like hey i'm trying here but hey stop it stop oh my god torres it's another one that is the fifth this inning and i i'm starting to chew my tongue here like it's gum to keep me from saying anything bad what is happening no and i mean that honestly what is happening anderson comes out Thank you for your time and your service. It's 9-2, and in the fifth, Guriel hits a second bomb of the game. Great, thanks. That's sweet. Okay, I had to step away for a few innings for personal reasons, and now I'm back for the ninth, and it's 10-3. Shaw smokes a double. Okay, Guriel singles. Ha, huh. Joe Panic walks, and the bases are loaded. Jansen with an infield single. It's 10-4. Biggio walks. It's 10-5. In comes Araldis Chapman to face Bo Bichette, and he rips a single up the middle. It's 10-7. I wonder if this is from the positivity. You never give up hope. Change your mind. Change the world. Tying run is at the plate with Randall Grishik. Randall, I love you. Okay. <laughs> That's a strikeout, but we're not done yet. Through the fire we shall go. It all comes down to Teoscar Hernandez. How fitting, Teo. I love you, be a hero, and he strikes out. Fuck this. Toronto Blue Jays, it's more like the Toronto Blue Balls. Because we were all ready to load up and explode with excitement before this series. And now it's all, it's all just jammed up and I can't get it out. Get your shit together. I swear to God. Okay, Jacob. Uh... Do you, do you need a second, David? Are you okay? No, I'm fine. It's calm blue ocean. It's greener pastures. It's away from New York. Moving on to play the Phillies and, you know. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. We know that. It is always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny from the perspective of a Blue Jays fan, no matter what. No matter what mm -hmm. kind of series they just had in New York, an historic series it's being called, a series no one has ever seen before, more <laughs> home runs than anyone's ever seen in three days, nonetheless. And more, more home runs than anyone's ever seen in one inning. <laughs> <laughs> records, major league records being set against our Blue Jays uh, in this series. It's, it's remarkable. I think even if you and I pitched, like we would never get out of an inning. But I don't know if we'd let up as many home runs. Like it's 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 quite remarkable how many home runs they hit. And you know, it, it, somebody said, "Oh, it's almost like they knew what was coming." Even if they do, even if they know what's coming, it's still <laughs> remarkable. It's remarkable no matter how you spin it. The amount of home runs they're hitting. 
I, I love this. It's like they knew what was coming. Yeah, they do know what's coming. It's called trash <laughs> and over the heart of the plate. Yeah, it's called spinny trash, straight trash, lobby trash. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was really enjoying that baseball game last night before, before it all went awry. Like I was just like, oh, this is what baseball – feels like this is why i watch baseball you know feels like that com- competitive right it mm-hmm. felt competitive chase anderson looked pretty good he didn't look amazing but it just looked it looked like what teams who are in the same league look like when they play um and and then you know things just spiraled out of control after the fifth home run of the inning I just had this I had this vision in my head. You know, I played it out. I imagined Chase Anderson looking into the dugout and just screaming like primally, like he's in a in a war zone. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Somebody help I know and I also got this feeling at one point because they showed this like little sequence of how Chase Anderson talks to Dante Bichette. And he like gets these tips on like what hitters are thinking about and like how he's facing these hitters. And then when he was letting up all those home runs, I was like, oh, this is so awkward. Dante's not going to want to talk to you anymore. He's not going to want to be your friend. He's not going to help you out. He's not going to want to be associated with you. And I started feeling embarrassed for no reason. It has nothing to do with me. But I started feeling embarrassed and just uncomfortable for Chase Anderson. Yeah, I think he's actually starting to plan his coaching career. That's that's what I've kind of decided over the past couple of weeks. I've noticed him. He's kind of always hanging. He's never hanging out with players, talking with players. He's either there was one game where he spent like the whole game with Pete Walker, and I don't know if they were going like I think Buck was like, oh, they're probably going over his last start or something. And I was like, I think he's just like he senses something. He knows what's coming. He's hanging out with coaches. He doesn't really have much in common with the players anymore. Possible that the players can't stand him and that he's just leeching on to coaches who have to talk to him because coaches have to talk to them. Yes, yes. But I don't, do you think like maybe after somewhere between the second and fourth home run, we should have considered getting somebody up? They got a double header today. I think that's the big problem. And so if as soon as they get into the bullpen, it can fuck them for the whole weekend. So we're stuck watching Chase Anderson throw a home run derby to these Yankees. I, I, I imagine that's what it was. Unless they've just given up, which is also a, a possibility. Yeah, I guess it, it's it's... It's tough. It's 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 hard to figure out to know what was right in that moment. It seemed like, you know, they're kind of talking on the broadcast like, well, there's a doubleheader coming tomorrow. So, uh, you know, two home runs, a third home run. Yep. I guess we've just conceded that we're losing. We're not going to try anymore and we're just going to let Chase Anderson die. We're going to we're going to watch him die out there. And watch him die we did. I couldn't but, believe that. But if 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 you're willing to take him out after like the fifth home run, why not the second? You know, like why not keep him going? You could never if foresee- you have some sort of compassion. I guess you could just never foresee that. You would just never think. You know, after two home runs, it, it wasn't horrible. What was it five two? Maybe I can't remember. But you don't expect three more home runs, and then at some point, the game's kind of over in in that inning. You're like, oh, oh, it's just over now. So what do we do? Do we just 
blow out Chase Anderson's arm for a couple innings here, but then he just kept letting up home runs. So then it's like, now we have to take you out. And yes, I should have taken you out back before because then at least we would have been in the game. It's The tough thing about it is that in the ninth inning, we were in the game. And that if you think about like actually trying to be competitive in this game instead of worrying about the bullpen and what might happen with our starters in Philadelphia, um, you know, it could have been a could have been a tie game. We might have been winning in 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 the eighth or the ninth. The thing that really drove me about the ninth inning was the fact that you batted Guriel seventh. Yeah. And so in that moment in the ninth inning, had you batted him third or fourth, he's up with two men on in a three-run game, and you have your best hitter up in the biggest moment of the game, your guy who'd already hit two home runs last night. He's tearing the cover off the ball, and then you have to deal with Randall Grishik, who's struggling, and Teoscar Hernandez, who just hasn't really had the reps of late, and they're facing a Raldis Chapman. Yeah. That, to me, was I, I don't understand that at all, why you would ever put your best hitter seventh. And and a demotion from last night when he was hitting sixth. Oh, I know. The guy who's the best hitter we've got for the past however many weeks. Let's uh let's let's send him up in the order. Get him get him up in the seventh spot. I think that'll do him good. It's this it's this crazy idea. We've heard it before of Charlie or whoever um in the front office or making the lineup decisions of trying to trying to lengthen put someone who's good in the worst in the bottom three of the order to try and make that part have some sort of contribution okay so put somebody good down there but don't put your best guy down there yeah maybe consider the guy who hasn't played in a couple weeks put, yeah put randall grishik down there put teoscar down there sure but I, I, it makes no sense and it was so exposed in that game last night of what a yeah. stupid decision it was yes well I I think they almost have to stick to it for one of the games. Like the first game, I think he's got to bat sixth or seventh, and then they can put him down to third. They can lose one more because of it, maybe. The thing that I just hate about it, if it's like this computer making these decisions for them, this like algorithm that tries to figure out, and it's like, oh, well, over the course of the season, we found that the seventh spot is actually the spot where uh, is coming up more and more frequently that could be a very pivotal point in all games. It's a, a 41.2% of the time that the Blue Jays have an 82% chance to win. It's the seventh hitter that has that chance. It's like, forget that. Just put your best guys at the top of the lineup. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty simple stuff. It's pretty simple stuff. I, you brought up the ninth inning. You brought up uh, Aroldis Chapman. <laughs> um, I loved seeing Aroldis Chapman come in that game, and I loved seeing Bo Bichette. I, I got this reminder of how lethal and how awesome Bo Bichette is and all of this talk about how the Blue Jays struggle with fastballs and how they struggle with with fastballs over 95 miles per hour. I saw Bo, I was like, not him, not this guy. This guy's been waiting. He wants 100. He's like, he he needs to have 100 thrown at him. He was early. Yeah, I know. He, he turned on 100 ball too, foul. too quick, and it was a rocket down the left field yeah. line. I thought that was such a great moment. That was probably my favorite moment in the entire game. Bo Bichette coming up there and hitting that 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He was too quick on it. And yeah. so for me, it was just a reminder of Bo Bichette's mentality and how in big moments, he's the guy you want up there. He yes. everything about his body seemed relaxed, locked in, 
focused, good to go. Yeah. And you know that he's still not there yet, like from coming back. But like maybe that's going to be the thing that he needed. You know, it's just like that spark. And it's just a reminder again, like how how young he is and and how speed is such a part of young minds and how quickly like even at 27 28 um you're you're already losing your ability to process things as quickly or your ability to have these fast twitch movements and reaction speed it all goes down so quickly and we've got it in, he's in his prime for that like i i, I even learned about that and i watched like uh I'm going to edit this out. I'm just thinking about uh, professional video gamers, how they start to, they have to start retiring at like 26, 27 because their primes of, of video game abilities are, are like late teens, like 19, 20, 21, 22, because their reaction speed and their, all of, all of the things that make you good at video games, which is the same thing of being able to like process in the moment, a fastball is coming a hundred miles per hour. I recognize it and I have the ability to, make my body go out and get that it's a similar kind of a thing and another thing too it's not like he was dealing with high heat at any other point in the game he just came in and had it timed up mm-hmm. i mean too fast on the very first pitch he saw honestly and and the reason i bring up the video games is because i've talked about this before of facing a role chapman <laughs> in the show and i know that Bo loves to play the show and i could just imagine how many times he's played the yankees in the show they bring in chapman first thing you do when you bring in chapman in the show fastball top of the zone bam you just want to get it out there and he knows it's coming and he just turns on it yeah there was a lot of nuance in that moment because then chapman sort of did this slow walk back to the mound you could tell he was like thinking you could tell it was like all right all right here we go and i thought he was just going to get slider happy but it was just fastballs the whole time he had to i think when you see when you see someone do that to your fastball you're like Okay, let's see if you can... All right, you saw the fastball high. Let's see if you can take the fastball low. Yeah. And Bo was like, oh, I'm just so excited seeing that. And he wasn't, you know, for him to get a nice single up the middle too just lets you know about his approach. It wasn't like for mm-hmm. the rest of the at-bat he was swinging out of his shoes to try to hit a grand slam. No, not like the first at-bat, which I also <laughs> love seeing him literally, his helmet flies off. He didn't even... I love that he didn't put his helmet back on. <laughs> after that at bat he swung he did a full 360 his helmet's on half of his head and he walks back to the dugout without touching that helmet leaving <laughs> it on there just just i know what i did check it out everybody <laughs> this is how i roll <laughs> man if we could get him hot though and get teoscar back and get something yeah. out of laddie god it's just such so frustrating with laddie you, you see a little bit and then you don't see it for a while you see a little bit and then you don't see it for a while yeah and Teoscar, it's just so clear. He does not have his timing at all right now. It's going to take him a little bit. It'll be interesting to see how quickly he can get it back. How long, just how long it's going to take him to sort of start timing up those, those uh, pitches and to start being able to recognize the breaking balls, right? But it also, it, it might be just a timing thing, but it also could be uh, he's timid because of like the way his oblique feels or the way that his rib cage feels, like a slight tenderness or a little fragility in his rib cage that prevents him from going all out and his bat speed lowering a little bit. Yeah, totally. Well, we got to see if he's going to play either of these games both of these games i imagine he's going to sit out the first game today and hopefully comes in in the second 
Um, probably the same for Bo Bichette, unless Bo's like fully good to go, ready to play every day now. I don't know. Um, here's a question for you. Is Luke Voigt the Gerber baby grown up? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me. I really want to dive deep into this. Um, that's... You know what? Yes, he is. I think he might you be. You heard it here on Underdogs. Luke Voigt is the Gerber baby grown up. It looks exactly like the Gerber baby. It. <laughs> it looks like the Gerber baby. Do you mean Luke Voigt? Yeah, it. He, well, he's a monster. He's not a human. Yeah, that's fair. Well, the Gerber. You, are you saying the Gerber baby's a baby monster? I'm saying that the Gerber baby was taken out of the Gerber household, brought into some sort of creepy uh, Stranger Things world where they where they did experiments on him. They did injections. They created testosterone. They blew him up with a with a pump and, and turned him into a mashing baseball monster. And then they cut. They 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 brought him back in in the off season to to reduce some of the largeness so that he could look just even more incredible. There's no holes in that whatsoever, and that's just hitting me like straight truth down my spine. I don't want to research any of that. That's just that's just true. So, in a way, that's illegal. You can't have a monster on a team. That's worse than steroids. Like, no, I'm not on steroids, but I am half monster. Here's another question. What happened to Julian Merriweather? What's going on with this fastball? Because September 7th, coming out 97, 97.2, over 97. September 12th, 95. Last night, 94. Possibly he's just tanking out because he hasn't pitched for a long time. You know, he hasn't really maybe developed the arm strength. He's also quite a thin man. So maybe he just hasn't uh, developed the... the <laughs> Have you seen Randy Johnson before? Well, Randy Johnson's... I think Randy Johnson's nine foot three. So <laughs> if you put Randy Johnson's muscles into a smaller man, he looks like Luke Voigt. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> it's just Luke Voigt, but then you stretch him out like with your fingers on your phone. You just make him way taller. All I'm saying is I'm a little concerned about Merriweather. I was really uh, expecting to have that be a major weapon for us in our arsenal for the playoffs, and it's concerning to see the the velocity starting to to drop. I'm concerned about a lot of things. That that's that can be on the list, but it ain't it ain't near the top. But absolutely, seeing his velocity drop down, especially in a situation where he knows he might just go one or two innings, you you would think that he'd be going all out. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's cold and his arm wasn't warm. Right. Okay. That's that. That's some positive takeaways. Uh, I think. But okay, the last thing here, I, I don't know if you saw this yesterday. Josh Donaldson, did you see what, yeah, what Josh Donaldson was doing I was like, yesterday? Oh, I, I miss that guy, man. Fuck, I loved that. I miss that guy too. And I was, you ever uh, seen somebody get thrown out after they hit a home run? I've never seen that. So basically, this is this is what happened, everyone. If you didn't see it, Josh Donaldson's at the plate, big game. Uh, you know, you've got twins, White Sox, they're neck and neck in the playoff race, I think. Um, big, big bats. Uh, it's an intense game. Josh Donaldson's up there, 
and gets into it with the umpire. The umpire calls a strike that was, I don't know, three, four, maybe five inches off the plate. Donaldson looks back. They have a conversation about it. Couple couple pitches later, Donaldson turns, rockets a ball into the left field bleachers, and Donaldson's going around. Umpire, as soon as Donaldson gets out of the out of the batter's box, the umpire's out there looking at Donaldson. What's this guy gonna do? I know Josh. Maybe he heard something as Josh ran away. Josh comes around the bases, gets to home, and as he's home, sliding, he uh, coming in to touch the plate, he drags his foot to bring some dirt onto the plate and starts shoveling some dirt onto the onto the plate. He keeps going. Umpire says, "You're out of here." So Josh goes back and kicks some more dirt onto the plate. Yeah, it was letting the umpire know what he thinks of him. It, it was so funny to me because the umpire was on him. I may, Donaldson probably expected that. He kicks the dirt. He's thrown out immediately. You don't see any change in his body. He just like just like walks right back over to the plate, kicks a bunch more dirt on, runs into the dugout, high fives his entire teammates who are like all fired up, and he's just thrown out. But it's a big game, like you said. Yeah, this is Twins White Sox, and he gets thrown out in the sixth inning of a yeah. one-run baseball game. Yeah, or maybe it was a two run after his home run. Maybe they went up by two or something like that. But either way, high stakes in that game, and he seemed cool as a cucumber to be tossed. Well, he he's contributed to the game in a big way, and I think that's that's part of the Donaldson way because the contribution comes in attitude, it comes in swag, and that is the kind of thing you know, it might be better for him to leave that game in that moment and give that energy to the team. Oh, you're going to throw out our monster third baseman, Josh Donaldson, former MVP. Let's, 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 uh, let's pick him up. Okay. Josh did that for us and, uh, we're going to go out and get the win. They didn't, (laughs) but, uh, you know, they tried, I think. But I, I was just thinking too, I was like, I missed that a lot. It's not that I just miss Donaldson, but I, you know, we talk about it all the time on this show. Um, just that kind of personality. And I think that it's important for this Blue Jays that they don't have a guy like that. But um, I don't know. Can you imagine, can you imagine someone on the Blue Jays? Like who would it, who would it possibly be? Someone that gets thrown out of a game after hitting a home run because of, because of their, like not even snarkiness. Like it's like there there's, I, I can't picture anyone on the blue Jays doing that, but to be fair, I can't picture many guys in the MLB doing that. That's a very right. Josh Donaldson moment. And Josh Donaldson's a very special, unique player. But yes. if I had to choose somebody on the blue Jays to have a moment like that, where they get tossed after hitting a home run, <laughs> nobody like, nothing. no, there's not a player. No, I, there's no player that I could picture that happening to. We don't have any like chaotic players, you know. I, <laughs> it's like a uh, uh, there's no one that has that sort of like that kind of quality to them, right? Yeah, no, it's very true. Which is to some benefit, but you do miss that high intensity and that that uh, ability to stir another team up and to create a real yep. rivalry. Like that's a big division rival now. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it is. Um, so we're going into the weekend, everybody. Um, we need to try and 
take some positivity. I think we can take a little bit of positivity from the end of that game. Um, it turns out to be not, uh, doesn't feel like a huge blowout. We got the tying run to the plate last night. Uh, Bo is getting hits. Guriel is mashing. The hits in the end were 14 to 12. When you can put up 12 hits against the Yankees, you can take something good from that. If if whatever happened in the in the fourth or the fifth inning, whenever it was that Anderson gets rocked, the fourth. Yeah. Um, if we if we get him out somewhere between the second and the fourth home runs, could have been a, a big game. The Yankees are obviously ridiculously good right now. But uh, we can feel a bit of confidence from that game, from our attitude. Um, so, but you know, these I'm trying to trying to take some positives from when you receive one of the biggest beatdowns in Major League history, and when Major League records are being set for the most home runs in a series and in an inning against you. But uh, we're we're leaving New York. We have one one more series with them, unfortunately, later on. But today we go to Philly. Predictions for the Philly series and for the doubleheader today, David. They they gotta win this Philly series. They have to. Mm-hmm. If they if they start getting like, I'll say it right now, the season's gonna depend on this series coming up right now. I mean, I know they're what what are they like four four and a half games up? Uh, I think we we uh, despite our, what happened in the Bronx last night, we are we added we went up more a half game on the Orioles or something, so they're like five games behind us now. It's. It, it would have to be completely disastrous, I think, for us to not make the playoffs. Yeah, it would almost have to be like an historic meltdown, <laughs> sort of like an historic three-game series against the Yankees that just continued. I do think they are going to make the playoffs, but they do need to bounce back because I feel like they could just spiral real easily mm-hmm. mentally. I think the move, getting that, the hell out of New York is a big thing. They don't really face any of Philly's... Um, aces they don't face nola they don't face wheeler they don't face arietta's gone um so they got the chance they got to get it done okay well have a great weekend everybody we will be back on monday hopefully we'll be celebrating we will be partying from a big three or four wins in in philly is it it isn't philly right they're not in buffalo right the Blue Jays are the home team in the first game, but they're in Philadelphia. Right, right, okay. So we got we got my man Robbie Ray going in game one. Is that right? That is correct. I didn't know he was your man, but yes. And then they got Ross Stripling going in the second game. My man Robbie Ray going in game one. We've got David's man, uh, <laughs> Ross Stripling, going in da- uh, game two. Um <laughs> Robbie's going to go out there and shove, I think, show you that he's maybe the number two starter on this Blue Jays team. Stripling, on the other hand, might go out and show you that he's a uh, a DFA, a eulogy coming (laughs) soon. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, we'll be back Monday, everybody. This is Underdogs.